Hello and welcome to Inside and Out with your host, Michael. Um, we've got Jonathan Lidskin today as well as a special guest, Jonah Taffel. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Good? I'm good, Michael. How are you? I'm good. Jonah? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, you. I'm going to post this uh, today, today being uh, the Wednesday before draft day. And obviously the big conversation is the draft. I think for me, this is going to be the most exciting sporting event inside the next six months. I'm really, really excited. Uh, and as a Jets fan, I think this is like every year you come to draft day and you're like, all right, this is the best day of the entire season because they're not going to play in an eventful game and they're not making the playoffs. So I'm excited. Um, and I think, you know, all three of us, we, we obviously follow the draft. And we, we know a lot of stuff, and I think we want to present it. So I decided we should do a mock draft, and uh, we're going to go pick by pick. So without further ado, let's start this thing. All right, number one overall, uh, obviously the Bengals, I think this is probably the most obvious selection in the draft. It's Joe Burrow. I mean, do we? is there anyone else here? No, they already told him today that they were going to pick him, so... I mean, that, that should be pretty cut and stone. It's one of the only things that will be predictable tomorrow. I, I would agree. Jonah, I, I, I'm assuming you're on board with the Joe Burrow pick? Yep, same thing. Okay. Okay. Number two, Chase Young. Um, that That's what I have to the Redskins. See, this is why I'm a little surprised at what just came out of Jay Glazer was that the Falcons went to the Redskins and recently and, and tried to make offers to, to get that pick. Um, they were turned down, and, you know, I think this is going to be Chase Young. But it, it, it raises an interesting question how available uh, really two through six, I think those picks could be very easily available. I just think you kind of need to give him an offer you can't refuse. Chase Young is, is a star. If you can really give draft compensation that can either add up to that star or maybe next year give you that type of star talent, then maybe we're talking. But I think right now you're just going to sit there pretty with, with Chase Young and, and just be happy. But you do you guys think there's any way uh, they trade this pick or no? I, I seriously doubt it. If you think about Ch- what Chase Young is a, as a prospect, he's going to be a Khalil Mack type, type player in his NFL career in terms of production. And so you think about what the Bears had to give up to get Khalil Mack, multiple first-round picks over the course of three years, I believe, um, plus other picks to go along with it. And so I, I think you would have to see a mammoth offer from a team for the Redskins to even consider tra- trading this pick. Jonah? I definitely think the Redskins should stick with Chase Young at two due to the fact that just even last year the Redskins lagged pass rush as Preston Smith was dealt to the Packers earlier in that offseason. And as a Badger fan, I was able to watch Chase Young wreck game after game in the Big Ten, so I definitely think it's a good fit for the Redskins. Is Should Tua even be in the realm of possibility or no? Listen, there's questions about Dwayne Haskins' work ethic, and obviously new coach, relatively new quarterback, doesn't always work out. But I think after one year, it's probably too early to move on from him, especially with the injury questions surrounding Tua. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I mean, I, I think Tua should be a thought. Um, 
I think the risk, if we're talking about Tua without the injury, I think that it's a 50-50 call in my opinion. I, I really like Tua as a prospect, but with the injury, you can't afford that high bust potential. Chase Young is a is really a 90% hit, 10% miss type of guy. Um, but Tua with his injury history suddenly becomes really, for some, a 50-50. Um, and I, at the number two selection, I really don't think that's worth it. Number three, uh, Detroit. I This pick intrigues me. Um, I think it's going to be Jeff Okuda, but it really could do, be a million things. One, it could be Derek Brown, which I, I think they are considering. Um, so it could be Derek Brown. And I think Isaiah Simmons could go here, but likely not. Um, what, what do you guys have at, at number three? Well, I can start this one. I also have Jeff Okuda, and I do think he's the right choice for them saying that they just lost Darius Slay. But you've also heard a bunch of stuff. You've heard the Dolphins could trade up to, to this pick. You've even heard the Chargers could trade up to this pick. If the Dolphins were to trade up to this pick, I don't think that they would lose the fifth pick. I think it would be more likely that they lose 18 and 26 um, in the deal. Which in a package? They have to add other picks in the draft to make that work. But I think the Lions are going to be content with holding right here and taking Jeff Okuda, especially because after – C.J. Henderson, who will also be going to the top 10, there's a significant drop-off in the cornerback. And and you're thinking that um, they would trade 18 and 26, like the both of them? 26 and probably a second-round pick, too, would be my guess. And it's not like the Dolphins don't have the draft capital to trade up. They have 14 picks. So they definitely could make that work. It just depends how the Lions value Okuda and how they value the rest of the corners or whoever else they're looking into. Jonah, what's what's your thought? I've got also Kuda at three. Just like Lidskin said, losing Darius Slay in the offseason is kind of a big hole that they got to kind of fill here. And I remember back at a press conference during the draft process, I want to say the combine with Okuda, and they were trying to exploit him for making mistakes. Yeah. And then he actually came back at them to figure out that he had not made many mistakes on like pass breakups and such stuff like that. Yeah, penalties. So I just think that coming into Patricia's team, and it recently surfaced that I think it was Slay who said now that he's in Philly that he didn't really like the way that Patricia dealt with a lot of issues and brought it to the team. And yep. it was like an ego kind of factor. So I think getting Jeff Okuda, one of the quarterbacks who's very he's not exactly the most raw talent so he knows what he's doing and he can fit it on defense pretty well and help solidify what Detroit's trying to do down there yeah I, I mean I would agree I think if they hold on to the pick it's Okuda um but I do think they could trade the pick I, I really I struggle obviously Ian Rampford today said that uh that Miami is exploring trading up to three um uh, to draft an offensive lineman who I will reveal, in my opinion, who I think is going to be taken at number five. I think they're going to stay there. Um, doesn't really make sense for me, but we'll get into that as we get to five. Um, for four, New York Giants, I I think this really is still open. Now, I, I do feel confident in my selection for this, for this pick, but it could be one of, in my opinion, three players. The first one is Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is a dynamic talent. Uh, he's a Swiss Army knife on the defense, and you can plug him in so many different positions. That That's the first part. I think, though, that you look at, at, at that Giants team, and they're built around two things. You know, if they're going to win games, 
One, they're going to have to make Saquon Barkley look good. And two, they're going to have to make Daniel Jones look good. And if they can't do both things, then they're going to not play well. Um, we even saw with Odell Beckham, when that offense when that like offense was very mediocre, they didn't win games. So, th- so they've got to, you know, they have the talent. They've always had talent on offense. They've just got to put it together. I think we've heard Gettleman say they want offensive line. I don't know if, how much of a smokescreen that is. I actually believe it, though. Um, the two names, I think, for this pick, at least at offensive tackle, they are considering. It's Worfs and Wills. Jedrick Wills. Those are the two names that I think it's going to come down to. Um, I have them getting Wills. From what I've heard, I've talked to many around the league, I think it's going to be Wills. I just, I've heard that Judge is is really the guy they like. Um, Judge has been pushing for him. There's a connection with Nick Saban, the Alabama connection. He knows exactly what he's getting from Jedrick Wills. Um, and I think that familiarity and, and that confidence is probably what's going to drive this pick. Um, who do you guys have at, at number four overall for those Giants? I also have Jedrick Wills here. Uh, I just believe that he's the better prospect here at offensive tackle, and you've heard some obviously back-and-forth discussion in the Giants front office about Tristan Wirfs versus Jedrick Wills. But like you said, Michael, like there's no reason that Saquon Barkley shouldn't be the best running back in the NFL. He, he just needs help, and that help will come on the offensive line. So... I think they stray away from Isaiah Simmons, although he might be the better prospect, and they go and target their need in Jedrick Wills. Jonah? I actually agree with both you guys and also have Wills coming off the board at four just due to the fact that this past season, the Giants actually got some solid production from Ryan Connolly, who they drafted in 2019 from Wisconsin, and then in this offseason, they've added both Blake Martinez and Kyle Facco from the Packers. So, obviously, I would agree that I think Simmons is the best talent on the board right now, but I think due to the needs that, like you guys said, trying to help Saquon and Daniel Jones have more success than last year, I think this is definitely the pick that suits them. Yeah, I agree. Um, five, number five. This is Miami. Um, I, I spoke earlier about what I think they're going to do. This pick is kind of whack. I think... For every team besides the Jets, this is really just going to alter the draft in so many ways. Um, Is it Tua? Is it Herbert? Is it an offensive tackle? I have them going with Andrew Thomas to tackle. Um, From from what I've heard, that's who they like. That's their guy. Um, And the plan, from what I've heard, at least this is one of their many options, they really are hoping that they can either, A, trade up to three, get the tackle at three, and then stay steady at five and take two or Herbert, or they stay at five, they take Thomas, who I think that's what they're going to do, and then you take 18, 26. Maybe you package that, move up a little bit, or maybe you sit steady at 18, uh, and you hope that two or Herbert are going there, which I think... I think are probably one of the two is going to be there. Um, if not, maybe Love, and, and you take that quarterback and, and you sit there. But I have them going Andrew Thomas. Do you guys have them going quarterback or offensive tackle? What do you got? I actually agree with you on this. I think they're going to go Andrew Thomas just because, like, why wouldn't you? So if, if, you th- if you think about it and put the pieces together, after Joe Burrow gets taken, there's really only a couple teams that need a quarterback. 
those are the Dolphins, Chargers, and maybe the Patriots. There's really not many other teams that could trade up and take a quarterback. And so with the Dolphins' draft capital that they have, they can get the offensive linemen that they want and need. And then with the draft capital that, that they have, I talked about earlier, they have 14 picks. They can use those picks to trade back up to get just, Justin Herbert or whichever quarterback doesn't get selected. So it's really a win-win scenario for, for the Dolphins because they can use their picks to trade up to get essentially any player they want, want after five. Right. So I think they love Andrew Thomas, and I, th- I think they will select him. And then I think they'll be able to trade back up to get Herbert sometime later in the first round. Jonah. I think that the Dolphins, for the better of their team, should take Tua Tagovailoa with the fifth pick. Okay. And just looking at some numbers quickly, I've seen that just looking at Drew Brees, who's known as accurate quarterback, he's at 74.4% completion percentage. And then looking at Fitzpatrick, who they've been trying to ride for probably a couple too many games, but last year he was down to 62% completion percentage. And... Someone I'd compare Fitzpatrick's to is, well, a younger version of him would be Jameis Winston, who will give you those yards every game, and you know kind of what you're getting offensively. But then you're also going to have to deal with those poor decision-making skills that he's also kind of developed throughout his career. So, yeah, that you're dealing with Tua coming off injuries in multiple parts of his body. But I do think that if you do hit on this pick, I think it's something that will help your team prosper the next 10 years plus. I mean, I think Tua really could end up, of course, you know, anything could happen, but I, I think that there is at least a likelihood, maybe not likelihood, but it's po- it's highly possible that Tua, if healthy, is better than Burrow. Um, I think there would be even maybe a little bit of a debate at one if Tua might be the pick. Um, I really like Tua, highest college passer rating in college football history. Um, I think he's so talented. Um and yeah, I, I think there sh- there could be an argument to be made there at five, um, but I think the mistake, in my opinion, would be if they sit there and they take Herbert. I, I really think that there is just a, a difference in in the upside you can get from two or Herbert, and and I am personally not a fan of Herbert. I think Herbert's really, a, in my opinion, a practice quarterback. I think he's, I, I think he's a guy that flashes a huge arm. Uh, you know, could run a little bit. He's a big dude. But in my opinion, that's just kind of just being prototypical. It doesn't win games. You know, there's these all there's all these elements as to decision making. Um, and really, you know, come game time, are you good or are you bad? Um, and I think the tape speaks a different story when you're watching Tua than you are Herbert. And that's why I would take uh, I would take Thomas and pray that that Tua is there at uh, 18 or maybe even trade up. But I do think Tua should be the quarterback to go to Miami. Whether that happens is a whole nother story. Um, so that, that brings us to pick number six, the Chargers. I have them. This one is a toss-up. Unlike the first five, I kind of felt it. You know, I thought there was a little bit of momentum there. But six is literally, in, in this scenario, I put up, you know, upon myself. It's a toss-up. Is it Herbert? Is it Tua? Do they trade out? I have them going Herbert. I just think it's the more lot. I, I think it's a choice they're going to make, really. that I am I have no basis for this pick. Um, but I think that when you're drafting this high, GMs get really scared uh, about making these risky decisions. Uh, I think 
sometimes NFL GMs look outside of the tape too much. I think the tape should be the story. I think the combine and, and pro days, I think those should be used to justify or answer questions. But I don't think those should be made to uh, make improvements. Who do you guys have going at, at number six? I have two attack of law going to the Chargers. And uh, the reason that I took him over Herbert is just, like you said, because of tape. His tape is much better than Justin Herbert. If you watched Herbert's game against Cal, he was atrocious. He, he looked, there, there are games when Justin Herbert looks like a completely different quarterback. And so the, I just think two is a better prospect. And I know the Chargers, there's some rumors that the Chargers could go offensive tackle because they're content with Tyrod Taylor. But Tyrod Taylor is not a long-term solution as much as the coaching staff and his teammates are comfortable with him. So I think they'll make the right decision and, and go to it here. I can see that. Jonah? I also agree with what you said. I have, since I just had Tua come off the board, I have Justin Herbert at six of the Chargers. And my rationale behind that is similar to what you guys said, that I do not think Tyrod Taylor is the plan for the future. And I also don't think it's Easton Stick, who's their backup right now. So I definitely think that they're looking for someone who can kind of come in. And if you look at this roster right now, now that they made moves to bring in Chris Harris Jr. from Denver, and they got Bulaga from the Packers. So I think they've just strengthened their team in a bunch of different aspects. And they've got good receiving core with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So I think that if they can get Herbert, who we've said, who's looked great on things like the combine and different drills individually, if he can try to transfer some of that play into the games with this talent, I feel that the Chargers could have something successful brewing in the future. Okay. Um, moving on, we got seven, uh, the Carolina Panthers. This pick I made simply based on um, what I heard in Ian Rappaport's mock draft. Uh, and, and that is that the Panthers are very set on Derrick Brown. Um, if, if Simmons slips to them, which in this scenario he does, there's a debate to be had. Um, but I think they really, really love Derrick Brown. I'm going to be the first one to say it, a uh, very unpopular opinion. I'm not the biggest fan. Um, I think if I had to make kind of a comp, I think he's kind of the Quentin Williams of last year, but without all of the crazy freaky, you know, off the charts athleticism, I think he's very average athletically. Um, I think he's better on the field, which is usually what you want to hear. Um, I just don't know if the, the athleticism that he, I don't want to say doesn't have, but I, I just I just don't see the off-the-charts athleticism that I might want to see when I'm drafting someone top 10 at that position. I don't know if if his, maybe I want to say inability or maybe lack thereof of unique talent is going to really carry over to the NFL. That's my concern. But who do you guys have going at number seven? Well, you make a fair point about Derrick Brown there. And while I am a fan of Derrick Brown, uh, I do believe that the Panthers will take Isaiah Simmons in this pick. He's one of the most versatile players in the entire draft. Uh, he can play multiple positions. He's freakishly athletic. His speed is un- unbelievable. And I think after weekly, the Panthers need a game changer on defense like Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons. So the debate will be the debate between Simmons and Brown. Um, and if Isaiah Simmons doesn't get taken here, he may fall out of the top ten because there's not not a team that necessarily. Would, would take him just based on need in the top 10 after the Panthers. So I, I do think he will be the pick, though. The Panthers need a game changer. Plus, Matt Rule, I, I've heard, loves linebackers. So I think it's fair. Yeah. Jonah, you 
Do you have one or two? I actually agree with what Litzkin said. I have Isaiah Simmons at seven to the Panthers. Okay. And my thought behind that is what Litzkin kind of touched on with losing Keekly this past year to retirement or whatever. And then you've got Thomas Davis who left in the last couple of years. So I just feel like they kind of avoid the linebacker position. And they ranked in the bottom half of the NFL in both yards, pass yards, rush yards, and just yards overall, and points given up. So I feel like you guys said that having Simmons just kind of ball hawk and run around back there at the linebacker position, kind of playing some safeties, giving him some versatility back there to kind of help out Dante Jackson, who's basically their sole guy who's going to have to cover all the number ones with Korn Felder. He's been pretty horrible in his outings, so hopefully this will be a pick that will help the defense solidify a little bit. Okay. Um, at, at number eight, um, this is the Arizona Cardinals. I have Tristan Wirfs. I think this pick could easily be traded. Um, thought, I, I mean, I think we, we've been hearing Atlanta wanting to trade up big time all, all really for the last week and a half, maybe a week. Um, I think this is, this totally could be a spot for Atlanta to trade up for. Um, I think C.J. Henderson is, is in the realm of possibility there. Um, but I have them sitting tight with Worfs. I do think the Jets could trade up to the number eight overall pick um, if they fear that the, oh, an O-lineman that they that they value highly is going to go off the board at eight. Uh, but I have them sitting steady at, with Worfs. What do you guys have? Well, you touched on Atlanta. And I think the other thing that you mentioned that was really interesting was that Arizona could go offensive line here. They could, they could trade the pick to a team for an offensive lineman, or they could trade the pick to Atlanta. So they have a bunch of different possibilities here. And that's one of the things that's unique about this draft is there's so many possibilities and so many different picks within the top ten. I think the pick will be traded to the Atlanta Falcons, and the Atlanta Falcons will take C.J. Henderson. They're in desperate need of a corner. Right now, there are two, two corners for the Falcons are Isaiah Oliver and Kendall Sheffield, which, if I'm being brutally honest, Neither one of them are, are great, so they definitely need a playmaker in the secondary, and trading up for Henderson, I do believe, is worth it. Jonah? I, similar to what you said, have Worfs coming off the board from Iowa at this pick to the Cardinals, and just because, looking simply off a bunch of articles I've been reading, it's anytime you mention Arizona Cardinals and their O-line, it's either abysmal or it's just been full in any standpoint. And if you think that you had David Johnson – who's obviously traded to the Texans now, but to have that talented of a backfield with David Johnson and then Andre Ellington at points, and even Chris Johnson came back for a couple of snaps, but to have that fast and elusive backs in your backfield yet be able to do such little with it and to have to go as far to just trade him away because it was at a point where you were just killing this dude's career, I just feel that bringing Worfs in from Iowa, hopefully he's accustomed to the big guys that he was dealing with in the Big Ten that can just transfer over to the NFL. I, I agree with you. Um this is uh the Jaguars. We got a trade on mine. Um if I'm the Jets, I'm sitting here at pick eleven and I'm really worried. Um from everything I've heard, the Jets are are, are really intent on taking that offensive tackle. I I think that a wide receiver really is extremely unlikely. Um once upon a time I think that was you know, maybe a 60-40 decision. I think now it's maybe 95-5. I think they're really that intent on taking a tackle. Um, you just saw Wirfs go off the board. And the last of the big four, before the huge drop-off, is Mekhi Becton. I have them trading up to nine, taking Mekhi Becton, and stopping that slide. Um, listen, I think you look at the wide receivers, and, and they got 
issues. I'm not telling you otherwise. Um, they lost Robbie Anderson, replaced him with Brashad Perriman. I like Perriman a lot. I think that, in my opinion, a very unpopular take, I think it pretty much cancels out. Um, I, I think Perriman has a lot of upside. I do think that wide receiver is a huge need. Um, but I see the Jets going round two, taking the wide receiver. I just think there's a lot more depth in that with, with the wide receivers in the second round, whereas if you're taking an offensive tackle, it's so much worse. Um, so I think, you know, round two, you're looking maybe Pittman, uh, LaVisca Chenault. Um, I think there's a lot of choices you can pick from, maybe even T. Higgins or uh, Rieger. But I, I do think they're going to go for the wide receiver um, on day two, and, and for day one, they're going to try to trade up. If if they see this, uh, the street, the spree of offensive tackles. Now, if the Falcons trade up to eight uh, instead of the worst worst pick, and um, and they take C.J. Henderson, I think maybe um, what that would create is instead of the Jets trading up to nine, maybe they trade up to ten, um, or they. They stay at eleven and they and they take Beckton, but I do think by the time it gets to the Jets pick, it's gonna be it's gonna be tight. I don't know if there's gonna be an offensive lineman there, and that's the problem I got. Uh, but I know you guys probably don't have that trade. Who do you guys have the Jaguars getting? I actually do have that trade. Oh, and here, here my rationale is a little different than yours because I only have two offensive tackles taken before this pick. Michael, you and I have talked a little this week about Mackay Beckton and. I just don't think he's as good of a prospect as the first three. And so I think the Jets are sitting there uh, with Tampa only three picks behind them at, 11, at 14 saying that we, we need a game changer on the offensive line. And the Jets obviously need help on their offensive line. Even after making the signings that they did, they're still insistent on taking a tackle. And so I think they're pan- they panic a little because the first two offensive linemen go. Maybe and, tr- and trade up to nine, fearing that the Buccaneers could also tr- trade up and t- just to get Tristan Works and, they- and ensure that they have their guy. Okay, I think it's very reasonable. Jonah? For this pick, I actually have Andrew Thomas coming off the board finally, as you had him coming off earlier, I want to say, to the Dolphins, you said. Yep. But basically, just looking at a guy who's coming out of Georgia, and you've got DeAndre Swift who's coming out also, and with the success he had last year, you're just looking at a guy here who's going to come in and be an instant starter and, like you said, could help solidify the Jets' offensive line or potentially the Giants' offensive line is where I have him going via trade with uh, Jacksonville. And basically, I feel, like we said earlier, that Saquon just needs the pieces in front of him and then he can do the rest. So hopefully Andrew Thomas is going to be part of that for the future for the Giants. Okay. Um, as for 10, this is Cleveland. Um, I've We've heard all week... They really like Ezra Cleveland. Obviously, not not top ten overall, but they do like Ezra Cleveland. Um, and I've heard they like him in the first round. Just this is too early for him. Um, I don't think they're gonna. First of all, in this scenario, they don't. Becton, the top four are not even there. So I have them. However, let's say this scenario doesn't unfold, uh, and and let's say they're sitting there and Becton's there. I think they're going to pass up on Beckton. I think they're going to trade the pick. Um, I have them trading with Philly. I think the two teams that could really trade up here, uh, we're looking at Philly and we're looking at uh, Denver. Those are the two teams I, I can see trading up here. Um, but both of them are for a wide receiver. I think if it's Denver, it's probably Jerry Judy. 
in this scenario, I had them going, I, I had Philly trading up, and um, I've heard all week that Philly's really insistent on getting C.D. Lamb. Uh, what do you guys go, have going on here? Well, I actually agree with you that the Browns will trade the pick because I, I think that if they're so sold on Ezra Cleveland, they could trade back very, very far and still take him. And so the Eagles are in desperate need of a wide receiver and have the draft capital to move up to this pick. So I think they will for C.D. Lamb. But I think another storyline to watch out for is that Trent Williams right now is rumored to be going to the Browns in a trade. And th- this would potentially be to Washington for the 10th pick. So this could really shake up some things if Washington were to hold the 10th pick instead of Cleveland. Agreed. Jonah? I actually also have a trade. Yeah, it is Cleveland trading the 10th pick with the Atlanta Falcons, actually. And okay. I see this as a fit, and then the Falcons selecting C.J. Henderson from Florida. And basically, my rationale is just that knowing that they lost Desmond Trufant to Detroit also, that I feel that they, just looking at their cornerbacks, Isaiah Oliver is their right cornerback, and then Kendall Sheffield, who are two names who you might have heard if you've like done a lot of work with the NFL, but most people just literally have no idea who these people are. And I feel that C.J. Henderson would be a guy who can help kind of fill one of those voids as their quarterback seemed pretty weak, and this defense is trying to build up after adding Dante Fowler Jr. also. So hopefully with adding C.J. Henderson could be a fill-in for what Desmond Trufant's been in the past, but hopefully he doesn't turn into another Vernon Harkness, who was kind of a disappointment for Jackson, uh, the Buccaneers. I mean, they took him out of Florida, so hopefully this Florida cornerback can be a little bit better than Past. Uh, and I agree. I mean, you look at T. Stabor, like there's just so many disgraceful cornerbacks that have come out of Florida. I I don't know what it is, but yeah, yeah I, I completely agree with you. Um looking at number eleven. This is what the this was the Jets pick. Um for, for mock draft purposes, I, I traded this pick. Um for me, I have um I have the Jags, right? Because they traded back. I have the Jags selecting Isaiah Simmons. Uh, I think they stopped the fall here. I think it's just too much of a value pick. It, they don't have the biggest need at, at linebacker, but I, I just can't see Isaiah Simmons slipping this far. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you guys have? Uh, I actually have the slip for a different guy in Derek Brown stopping here at 11 because I also have the Jaguars picking here. Uh, they do have more of a need on the defensive line than they do at linebacker, and I think the Jaguars' rationale for trading down in this in my scenario is that Derek Brown will still be on the board at eleven if we if they trade down two spots. So we could still get our guy even if we trade down. Plus, if C.J. Henderson is gone before Jacksonville, they're rumored to really like him. So if he's gone, it makes sense to trade down, still get a really good player in Derek Brown. Jonah, I think that Derek Brown would not be a bad pick for Jacksonville, but. Something I've had to watch for the past couple of years is another DT coming out of Auburn was Monteveris Adams, who the Packers took a couple of years back, and he's literally just sat there. And every year they come out of free agent, of uh, training camp, but it's like this guy's going to be a run stopper. He's going to be making plays for this team all year, and then he comes out and literally does nothing the entire all 15 games, 17 games. So I'm just hoping that with Brown here that he could just do something else and help maybe stop the run versus the passer for Jacksonville. It's basically everyone with Ngonkwe wanting to leave also. It just seems that everyone there is unhappy, so hopefully he can be the future and start some happiness in Jacksonville. Okay. Um, 12. I have a feeling we have the same pick, but we could be wrong. Um, this, for me, it's the Raiders. Um, I do see their 
I see debate at this pick. iPad Lamb already going off the board, but obviously that's a trade. Not everyone has that trade. Um, what I see in this scenario is you look at the Raiders. CD Lamb's off the board. They're gonna. They they really. I I can't see them not drafting a wide receiver. So it's gonna be either Judy or Rugs. And I got them going Judy. Uh, what do you guys got going on this pick? I also have them taking Jerry Judy. I think they like him the most out of all the wide the top three wide receivers, obviously. And I think him falling to them is a perfect fit. I also think that the the Raiders are going to take a wide receiver, whether they trade back or just hold a twelve or wherever they get the draft. They're going to take a wide receiver. It's definitely a need for them. And the other need that they have is is a corner. And obviously with C.J. Henderson and Jeff Okuda off the board, the, the gap between those two and the rest of the corners are pretty significant. So a wide receiver and Jerry Judy makes perfect sense here for them. Jonah? I also agree with the receiver play, but I also have, I actually have Henry Ruggs coming off the board here to the Raiders. And my thinking is, I don't know if you guys can recall, but before Amari Cooper was shipped, uh, dealt off to Dallas, he was always that big play guy for Derek Carr. And since he's been taken out of the offense, they've been kind of lacking that with, Hunter Renfro, Tyra Williams, and now they've just added Nelson Aguilar to the receiving core. So I just see Henry Ruggs' speed being able to be implemented in that offense and hopefully help Josh Jacobs kind of carry some of the load that he had to deal with last year. Okay. 13, um, San Francisco. See, uh, you just heard Jonah say he had Ruggs. This is where I have Ruggs. Um, I, don't, I can't see Ruggs falling past 13. I think the fit is too good, um, and I think the 49ers like him too much um so i so i have them going henry ruggs here i think he's just too quick and i and i really can't see him falling past here what do you guys have yeah i've heard all week that the 49ers absolutely love henry ruggs and so i, I would be absolutely shocked if he was on the board and they didn't take him here i 100 agree with you michael jonah i do agree with you guys are saying that if ruggs does not go what i with the previous pick i think this is also a solid fit for him in san francisco but i now that I've already got Henry Ruggs off the board, I have CeeDee Lamb coming off now with back-to-back receivers now. And just having CeeDee Lamb kind of replace, he's another speed guy. Yeah, he's not Henry Ruggs speed, but he is one of the upper speed guys in the draft, this receiving core. So I think that he can kind of fill a hole that people like Marquise Goodwin were supposed to fill for San Francisco and then kind of fell off. And I know we were talking earlier and how he's, his production's been extremely been horrible. The past couple of years. Yeah. And I know that he's trying to be that speed guy for the Niners. So hopefully CD Lamb can come in and implement that offense and just be someone that they can utilize to get to the Super Bowl again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm here. This is Tampa Bay's pick. Um, kind of what I saw here. I, I At this point, I'm thinking they're going to get an offensive lineman. I, I heard a source. I was talking to someone, and they said, you know, Brady's going to get beat up. You look at the Bruce Arians offense when you compare it to, um, you compare a Bruce Arians offense to a non-Bruce Arians Belichick offense. You know Belichick, it, it's very system and time oriented, and the quarterback really doesn't get hit that much just by the nature of the playbook. You look at Bruce Arians, you know you're sitting back forever, um, and if you don't have a good O line, then you're just gonna get hit to death. Um, I see all the O linemen pass, and I think there's. There's definitely a possibility, by the way, Tampa trades up. And I think they know they have to trade above the Jets if they want to get that O-lineman. Um, I have them trading up. I have them trading back uh, with the Falcons. So I have the Falcons selecting here. 
Uh, in my mock, C.J. Henderson has slipped, so I have them going C.J. Henderson. Um, but I don't know what you guys have. What do you guys got? Uh, I actually have the uh, fourth O-lineman being available here, and that is Mekhi Becton. I know, Michael, you have him going to the Jets. But I think, like you said, it's, it's an absolute necessity to protect Tom Brady, especially with his age and the receivers he has. So I think the obvious pick is Becton here. Okay. Jonah? I actually agree with Litzkin here with Becton coming off the board of 14 Tampa Bay. And just what you guys have been saying with implementing Brady into that offense that has so many weapons with Godwin, Evans, and then hopefully the running game starting up this year too. But I just think that coming from New England with that offense, like you were saying, of not being hit as often because they always had a bunch of screens and shifty passes going with either James White, Sonny Michelle, or even Rex Burkhead at times last year. So I feel that if Bruce Arians can implement another offensive lineman here to kind of protect Brady and keep him more of a home feeling, you know, that he's going to have Gronk back there also, and just try to make an offense that will protect him and help him optimize the next couple of years that he has in Tampa Bay. Absolutely. Um, Denver here, kind of a hard fit to see. I, I picked Javon Kinlaw, more of a value pick. I really didn't see um, any particular reason why they would take him, but uh, I'm curious to see what you guys got. thinking about this pick and the Broncos really need two things a wide receiver and an offensive tackle and with all four tackles gone and the top three wide receivers gone I think it makes sense for Denver to maybe trade back to get a player who's still good but less caliber at the position that they want and they can trade back and do that and so I think the Dolphins here in my mock still need a quarterback and it's pick 15 and you start to get a little worried about maybe the Patriots trading up to get to spin, grab Justin Herbert. And so I think the Dolphins trade up to 15 here with, uh, with the Broncos. Broncos go back to 18, and the Dolphins select Justin Herbert. I didn't even think about that. I, I That's really a, a great trade. I I think it's totally possible. I, I was just putting pieces together. Yeah. I, I, I was going through my mock, and I'm, I'm just like, okay, so the three receivers are gone. The four offensive linemen are gone. Kinlaw is the best available player, but do they really need him with the defense that they have? And, like, it, it's just, I think the Elway is going to be sold on, like, on the value of play, of the player. And I think the logical pick for, for Denver at 15 would be Justin Jefferson since he's the fourth best wide receiver right. available. But if you trade down a couple picks, you can still get, get him. And there's two teams sitting on the board still that still potentially could take a quarterback. I, I agree with you. I think that's entirely I, – yeah, I think you're right. Jonah? I've got – since my mock, I still have Jerry Judy on the board, so I've been coming off now at 15 to Denver. And as we saw last year, Drew Locke kind of serviced for Denver as their starting quarterback, and he had some solid success. And then you also had Cortland Sutton, who had a great year. I think he was a Pro Bowl sub-in or whatever. But now that they've recently acquired Melvin Gordon in the offseason – I feel that they're literally just missing one weapon away from being a solidified top half of the offense or a top half of the NFL offense here, because their number two receivers, Deshaun Hamilton and Deontay Spencer, who are two names that I think you would mainly see on special teams. So I think bringing Jerry Judy in, an NFL ready receiver from Bama, I think can help just get this offense going. Now that they've got a little bit of the backfield, which would help out Drew Lock. So agreed. Um, Sixteen. This is the Atlanta pick. I have them trading at the Tampa. I think they're going to go cornerback here. I, I just, I'm looking at the board. I think that's how that's going to fall. Um, and I, I have, this is kind of a crazy pick. I have them going Trayvon Diggs. Um, 
I think I just think that's I think Fulton's gonna slip. Um, he, what many don't know, he had this really uh, just embarrassing draft. Uh, this drug test experience where he used someone else's urine uh, to test for himself. And I guess they found him doing that. So so that's definitely not good for the draft board. I think they're definitely going to dig in against him. Um, and, and just looking here at cornerback, I think Trayvon Diggs is, is really a good fit, and I think he could be going this side. What do you guys have? Um, I actually do have all that trade here. Um, I have Atlanta trading this pick to Arizona. So this is now Arizona at 16. Arizona obviously needs an offensive tackle. I know, Michael, you had been taking Tristan Wirfs, I believe, early in the draft. And if they trade back at 16, the offensive line value isn't great. You're talking between, like, Ezra Cleveland, Josh Jones, Austin Jackson, who are really later first-round picks. And so I think the one other position that Arizona could solidify is at defensive tackle. And with Javon Kinlaw still on the board, I think he's a great fit for them here. Okay. Jonah? At 16, I had... Cleveland getting to pick from Atlanta that they previously traded. And I've got Kalevon Chason coming off the board here from LSU. And just my rationale behind this is that the Browns have, this past they will be without Joe Schobert, who they lost to Jacksonville. And not really a big name, but if you actually look into the stats and how this defense was run last year and the previous years, Joe Schobert was an extremely big contributor to this. So I think that. Losing his just tackling and pass rush and everything, I think this is a void that they're going to have to try to fill with Chase Owen. And hopefully if Miles Garrett can stay in the field, that's going to be a little combination of some people who can get to the quarterback, hopefully. Okay. Um, well, I, hey, Caleb, on Chase Owen, you're, you're talking about him, and we're looking at 17. I, I, I just talked to someone that, that really said, I can't see a scenario which Caleb on Chase Owen slips past 20, uh, 20 that being the Jaguars pick. Um, but more importantly, I've just heard p- very positive things about Dallas liking Caleb on chase on. I think the names to watch here, Caleb on chase on, um, you tore gross Matos. And I think, uh, you know, probably not this side, but, but Cesar Ruiz is, is a name to watch. Um, but I think this is the pick at least where Caleb on chase on goes. What do you guys got? Yeah, I think you, you touched on something that's important for, for Dallas at 17 is that they have, multiple positions that they, you know, just based on their losses in the offseason. I had Cesar Ruiz actually here for them for a while in my mock, and then I switched it just a couple of days ago to Caleb on Chasen, uh, just because I think now with, with the guys they lost on defense, they need a play, they need a playmaker, and uh, I think Caleb on Chasen just a good fit for them. He's a high-energy guy. Dallas needs one of those. They, they like those type of guys. And, and like you said, like the reports are that they like him. So I think that makes sense. Okay. Jonah? I've got A.J. Terrell coming off the board here to Dallas, cornerback Clemson. And just losing Byron Jones to the Eagles this past offseason, I feel like it's going to be an extremely big thing that Dallas is going to have to deal with if they haven't in the previous years. Just having that one lockdown cornerback to go back to. So hopefully if they use A.J. Terrell correctly, He'll be a guy who can help Chidobe Wuzier and just other guys like that. And I know they've got a solid linebacker crew with Leighton Vanderash and Sean Lee, who's kind of fallen off with injuries every other game. But I feel that if they have A.J. Terrell come into this workload here, I think it'll be a solid area for him to flourish with the new 
New Dallas Cowboys, honestly, with the different pieces they have come together. Absolutely. Um, at 18, this is the Dolphins. Uh, I, I Somehow, they find a way to to get the offensive tackle they want in my mock draft, and that they come to 18, and two is sitting there. This is outrageous, in my opinion, but... You know, they get to a, it's really the perfect match. You get to protect the quarterback and you get the quarterback of your dreams. And at 18, is that really the most risky pick? No. Um, I think at, at three or five, I think you're talking super risk uh, because you're talking, you know, top five in the draft. But when you're talking about pick 18, this is kind of that area where you feel comfortable taking a guy like Tua Tagovailoa. So I think there's a lot of value there. Uh, who, what do you guys got going on at this pick? Yeah, I have. I mentioned earlier. This is my Justin Herbert Miami trading up to fifteen kind of whole deal. So I have Denver making this pick, and I think this is a good spot for them to take Justin Jefferson. I think his his value is pretty fair at eighteen, and like we've discussed earlier, Denver needs a playmaker, a wide receiver for Drew Locke. So Justin Jefferson will more than do that for them. He, he's I think a really good receiver coming out of LSU. Had a fantastic year with them, and I think he'll he'll be a great fit in Denver. Okay, and Jonah? We, me and you, Michael, actually kind of had opposite things, where I had two coming off the board at three, and you with the ota- uh, offensive tackle. So now I am taking the offensive tackle with Josh Jones from Houston. Okay. And just looking off his metrics here, he's a 6'5", 319-pound tackle, and he's in pretty solid shape with his good athleticism, ran a 527 in a 29-inch vertical. So he's definitely someone who's going to help protect Tua in the future of the Dolphins. So I just think that this is, like what you said, they both needed to get, from this night, they needed to get their franchise quarterback and someone who's going to be able to help them protect them. Absolutely. So I think that Josh Jones at 18 is someone who helps solidify the offensive line to be more representable in this NFL, trying to protect Tua and his risky injuries in the future. For sure. Um, so, so this is kind of, I think those top 18 picks, you're talking about big names. Uh, just for timing's sake, I kind of want to run through the rest. Um, I Jonah's a Packers fan. I want to let him get a little bit of a Packers bit. Um, I'm going to run through just the rest of my mock draft, um, just so you know if you want to see what your team does. So 19, I got the Las Vegas Raiders getting AJ Terrell. Um, I've just heard that name come up again and again. Jonah, I know you had him going earlier to the Cowboys. This is kind of where I see that fit. Um, Justin Jefferson for the Jaguars. I have next. I think there's tremendous value uh, at getting him at this late in the draft, um, and I think he's a he's a real talent. Twenty one. Um, this is where I had Cleveland tra- trading back. Um, this was this was Philly, uh, so I have them going Ezra Cleveland as I mentioned earlier before. That's just the name I've heard all all week. Um, and then really from twenty two to the to on, this is kind of just guess a guessing game. Um, I have Minnesota going AJ Epinesa. Uh, New England, of course, they find the quarterback of their dreams, you know, because they never have a good quarterback. With Jordan Love, uh, I think he just fell into their lap, and I think you just can't, you know, you can't give up on that. Um, I have the Saints going Kenneth Murray. I think that's a that's a really good value pick there. Um, obviously, I, they have a needed linebacker. You like at Minnesota, Christian Fulton, I think he really, just on a talent perspective, should have gone higher, but the character issues have dropped him this this low. Miami, I have them going DeAndre Swift. Uh, I think he's just a tremendous running back, and I think for, for Miami, he would complement their offense very well. Um, Seattle, I'm going, I have them going Yator Gross Matos, but I really, 
the, the, I think they're going to trade back. I don't think they hold on to this pick. Um, but if they somehow do, I think this is a nice way to replace uh, Clowney. And then the rest, I, I have Baltimore going Xavier Kinney, McKinney. I think it's a fine fit, um, and I think it's really a, a better value play than it is. Um, than it is, I, I think, maybe, you know, fit. Um, Isaiah Wilson to Tennessee, I've heard his name that they love him. If if he gets there and they and they think he won't slip any further, I think they're gonna take him. Um, I have Green Bay going Patrick Queen, uh, San Francisco. If they don't trade back, which I think is very possible, they stay there. I've heard all week they really like Cole Komet. I think he's a candidate that will not leave the first round, um, but I, I think he's he's a real talent. And at thirty two, I have the Kansas City Chiefs going with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, you know, Peter Schrager released a report where he pretty much said there's no way he leaves the first round. Um, or at least he should be in the first round. Um, I, I think that's a really good spot for him. Um, and, and that's kind of where I see him. Lidskin, I want you to run through the rest. And then Jonah, you know, do the same. And then I want you, you know, your little Packers bet. Yeah, I'll go real, real quick. So I have 19 Las Vegas selecting agent to Ralph. 20, I had all, all week. Uh, New England Patriots trading up here to Jacksonville pick, but if Jack, I have Jacksonville trading down once in the first round. I don't think they'll do it again. I think they'll take Christian Fulton. 21, Browns have loved Ezra Cleveland for a while now. I think they take him there. 22, Minnesota. I don't think this is the name you mentioned, Michael, but they take wide receiver Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. Uh, 23, I also have Jordan Love who fall into the Patriots. 24, I have the Saints selecting Jalen Rager. Heard they like him. I could see that with, with them. They do need another wide receiver. I uh, have Minnesota selecting at 25, Trayvon Diggs. 26, I have the Dolphins, like you, Marino, selecting DeAndre Swift. 27, I actually have a trade. I have Cincinnati trading up to Seattle. Seattle always trades back. And I have the Cincinnati selecting Kent Murray. 28, I have Baltimore taking Patrick Queen. 29, Tennessee taking Isaiah Wilson. 30, Denzel Mims to Green Bay. 31, San Francisco trades the pick back to Los the Los Angeles Chargers, excuse me, uh, for Josh Jones. And then, like you, I have the Kansas City Chiefs selecting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to end the first round. Okay, Jonah, let's finish him off. Yeah, starting at 19, I have Jalen Johnson coming off the board. And quarterback from Utah, I just think he can come into that defense and help kind of solidify what they're trying to do back there. And then I have Javon Kinlaw coming off at 20, just rushing the passer as Jacksonville's lost a lot of guys. They're about to lose another one once the draft comes around tomorrow, most likely. Then I've got Justin Jefferson at 21. Just Philly has kind of fell in love with the guy. And losing Nelson Aguilar this offseason is just going to be another guy that can kind of jump in and probably have some solid production for him this year. Then, different from you guys, I've got Jordan Love coming off the board now, a pick before New England, and this is to Indy, which a trade with Minnesota. And I just think that Phillip Rivers is not the long-term plan here for Indy, and I feel that Jordan Love falling to 22 would be a solid fit for that team and that offense. Then I've got Kenneth Murray coming off the board at 23 to the Patriots. Just an outside linebacker who can kind of fly around the field, kind of be a ball hawk back there. I know New England loves to utilize those different linebackers like Ninkovich in the past. He's had great, tremendous success, so I feel like that could be another thing right there. Then, like Litskin said, I've got Jalen Rigger coming off the board at 24 to New Orleans. And I just think that kind of like a Ted Ginn guy they still have in New Orleans, but just a younger version of him is going to give you that speed aspect and will just help Drew Brees push the ball downfield. Then I have Minnesota taking Christian Fulton 
just another cornerback that Minnesota needs now that Rhodes is out of Minnesota and the Rhodes have kind of officially closed probably on his career because he has just been absolutely terrible last year. But I think that's another pick that just helps the Minnesota defense get back to where they've been for the last 10 years. And then Trayvon Diggs coming off the board to Detroit. Just another trying to repiece the whole Darius Slay situation that went down there. So I feel like that's a fit. Then I've got Ezra Cleveland going to Seattle from Boise State. Just another guy to help protect Russell Wilson back there and let him do the things he does when he tries to extend plays and such. All that stuff that Aaron Rodgers is doing also. Just need to get guys to give him protection, give him time for it. Then I've got Patrick Queen coming off the board at 28 to Baltimore. And I just feel that he's probably the most talented, or one of the most talented linebackers, obviously not with Simmons, but I think that Patrick Queen can help come into Baltimore and kind of be one of those fast-paced linebackers who just flies around the field and literally does everything that they're asking of him. So I feel like that's a good fit in Baltimore. Then I've got Jeff Gladney, cornerback TCU, coming out Tennessee. And I just feel that with Logan Ryan no longer being there, that I feel like they just need a couple guys to come back with uh, Dory Jackson back there in the secondary to kind of help solidify what they're doing with that defense. And then, like you mentioned, being a Packers fan, on this mock, I actually have Denzel Mims coming off the board now at 30 to Green Bay. And like I said earlier, losing Rieger to the Saints, I feel that Mims is probably the next best option here. And like you said, as a Packers fan, I feel that the way to address this draft would either be a wide receiver or an inside linebacker, just with the an outside linebacker also. But since they lost Blake Martinez this offseason and Kyle Fackrell as well, they're honestly, the past couple of years, they've struggled to not only cover wide uh, running backs coming out of the backfield, and you saw last year with the 49ers just exploiting them with the run defense. It's always been because their linebackers have just been these random, like, big guys who can, yeah, they can supposedly stop the run, but then once you get some, like, Raheem Mostert or something like that coming out on a wheel route, you just lose the guys, and running backs are just exploiting you downfield horribly. So if they're not going to take the route of a linebacker, I'd hope Denzel Mims can come in. Now they're losing Geronimo Allison to Detroit this past offseason, and... Marquez Valdez-Scantling last year is one of the biggest disappointments I've ever watched. So hopefully Mims can come in and be, he's going to have to be one of their top three receivers behind Devontae Adams, obviously. And then you saw a good Alan Lazard at parts of the year last year. But guys like Jay Kumaro just aren't going to do it in a tough NFC North with some pretty solid cornerbacks that are coming out of this draft as well. And then to finish off, I just have Austin Jackson, OT out of USC, going to the Chargers via the pick from San Fran. And then to finish that off, I got Cesar Ruiz, just another mobile center out of Michigan, who's pretty versatile and coming into the league. Could just help with the running game that Kansas City's trying to add with Damian Williams, and then maybe even adding a running back like Jonathan Taylor, or like you said with Edwards Elaire in the end of the draft as well. So, yep, that's how I finish up. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, th- there's our mock drafts. Um, I, I will mention that if you. I have I have posted uh my final position rankings um on my Twitter. Uh my handle is Michael Marino thirty seven. If you want to go check them out, it's kind of it's the link attached. You can go ahead. Um I have my top five at each position. But um I mean that's it for the mock draft. Thank you so much for tuning into Inside and Out with Michael. Thank you to both of you for joining us. Um and have a nice day. Tune on tune in next week.